College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There we go. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Thursday. June 23rd, almost like January 23rd, no, June 23rd, and uh, man, we are right in the thick of the things with the offseason. Summer is officially here. We have a f- our first official heat wave uh, coming to us in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. Looks like it's going to be nice and dry. And uh, Scott, I am still exhausted, but I am happy to be here after missing. I was having a little bit of FOMO, uh, missing out so much these last couple of shows. Yeah, I, I I get it. And then it feels like you've been gone for you know six weeks. You know, I, I was just I missed like Friday, and then had a tournament, and you know was back on Monday. I'm like, I feel like I've been gone a month. Yeah. Uh, listening to the folks in the chat, it sounds like they could use a respite. Um, yeah. you know, some are more serious than others, but you know, some inconveniences, and then some 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 rough times for some other people so we're glad to be here for you and maybe we can you know entertain you are you not entertained we can entertain you for at least you know 45 minutes to an hour maybe help out just a little bit yeah yeah that's i mean that's what we're here for and you guys help us out just as much but let's say hello to some people in the chat here ethan in the house as always good to see you ethan and thank you to the two loves that came in over on facebook from dom and uh leonard if make if you guys could do that if you're on facebook or youtube click the thumbs up we'd appreciate that but ethan comes in and says good afternoon Jensen Broncos country. Hopefully you're doing well out there in London, Ethan. Uh, appreciate you. We got Dale in the house too. Dale, uh, man, thinking about you a lot. Hope you really, uh, I saw your other comment down here. We'll get to that. But uh, good afternoon, Ethan. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott and Dylan, question mark, and Broncos country. Good to see you. And also the Dale helps us out here. Says, please remember to click the like button. Be like Dale. Click the like button. Thank you so much. We also got a care coming in from Scott Kennedy. Oh, Scott, bless you. <laughs> um, Diamond Rattler coming in over on YouTube saying, boom, let's ride. Good to see you, Diamond. EJ in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Uh, awesome to see you. And uh, Dale also said, you know, tough 24 hours. Brought his wife home yesterday, manner of speaking. We're all thinking of you, Dale. Um, that's rough. Uh, but, you know, we're here. Um, also, if you ever need something, you know, reach out to my DMs. I think my DMs are open on Twitter. If you just need to chat, I might be home for <laughs> a little bit here, uh, working from home. So we'll see. Um, but uh, for real, if you need uh, just somebody to bend an ear on, we're here. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Sean saying morning guys. How about those abs? Did you watch the hockey game yesterday, Scott? I mean, no, I did not watch the hockey game. I watched the end of the Braves game as they, uh, put the one on the 32 and one San Francisco giants when leading after eight innings. So Mm -hmm. they, they beat them last night after being 32 and oh, so, uh, scored three in the bottom. I know it's just one of 162, but you know, it's still a fun game. So I, I, after I got done with, uh, with the pod last night, with y'all, I uh, I I watched the end of the Braves game and then then I was out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, 
I saw that there's a little bit of controversy, like too many men on the ice for the game winning goal in overtime. But, uh, you know, that's sometimes that crap happens. Um, it sucks when you are the, on the other end, but you have human refs and mistakes are going to happen. And if you didn't want some, if you wanted to remove the element of refing, be better, I guess, you know, play, play without the margin of error. So even if you'd get that bad flip the coin in that you still win. So, uh, go abs. Um, we have Ethan coming in too, saying, uh, was hoping that this would be the topic today as Judy and Russell Wilson were also named the second rated new quarterback and wide receiver combo behind Carr and Adams. I didn't see this. Do you know that what article he's talking about here? Was this on PFF as well? The the second one, the second rated combo. No, but I can, yeah. I can see that one. Um, and we can get into why as we, we get in, I can, I, I can understand that rationale. Um, yeah. I would think Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman are going to be in there as well. Cause mm-hmm. that should be pretty, pretty, pretty salty. Yeah. As a new combo. Probably pretty easy to think that number one is uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. Just because. Yeah, I, just, I think there's, there's, you know, we'll get into it now. Um, yeah. There's more mouse to feed in Denver. You know, there's, yeah. it's, a, it's a deeper wide receiver core. So not necessarily that, <clears throat> you know, if you switch Adams and Judy, I'd probably still say Carr and Judy just because he's going to get the lion's share of the targets because there's there's not as many weapons in Denver. There's some weapons, but there's not as many. You know, we, lift, we list off a bunch of them when we start talking Denver Broncos. So I just think uh, that Adams is going to get significantly more targets than any of the Denver Broncos receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. The one here that's so listing Jerry Judy and uh, Russell Wilson as number two, do you think there's an argument to be made for Tua Tagovailoa, Tonga Viola, and uh, Tyree Kill? I mean, obviously Russell Wilson is eons better than Tua Tagovailoa, but um, Tyree Kill is obviously a splashier name than Jerry Judy, and I think that obviously there's, as you mentioned, it the there's less mouths to feed in the other end because Tua is going to be the quarterback probably no matter what. Teddy's there. We'll see what happens with that, but I think it's more likely that. Uh, I think Ty, Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa have a higher floor, I guess. There's an argument, but it's more about Tyreek Hill than it is yeah. uh, Tagovailoa because Tagovailoa is just dumping it underneath. You know, oh, yep. you know, I was reading through the PFF article, the most accurate passers, and you know, Tagovailoa is throwing the ball three yards every time. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, he's more accurate. Yeah, because he averages, you know, three yards per attempt. It's, you know, he's, he's just doing so, you know, little crossing routes and all that. It's going to be, you know – a bubble screen. Well, he threw the ball, but it doesn't really matter who's throwing mm-hmm. the ball when that's all you're doing. So um, there's an argument to be made um, as far as you, you know, pure dynamicism as a combo. You know, I, I, I like Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman better than, than uh, Tua and, and, uh, and Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that speaks as much as what we think of Tua and what he's been doing, but uh, we'll see. Thank there you, you so go. Much. I like this article already. Uh, Ethan comes in and says Ryan and Pittman were third and Tua and Hill were six. So yeah, makes more sense to me. Let me know who's four and five, just because I'm curious. There's probably some obvious ones here or there, but I'm now, you know, he got me pondering who like, the wide uh, receivers that were moved were. He says he did. He did post it uh, a link to it. Uh, Allen Robinson, right Robinson and uh, Matt Stafford. That's got to be one. Um, I'd bet. You know, I, I kind of joke. You know, but I'm half serious. You know, I, I kind of judge announcers, color commentaries, but are they saying what I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, because well, I, I'm pretty good at this. I just don't have a Super Bowl ring, and that that limits your ceiling when you're trying when you're doing media stuff. But you know, my wife was always amazed. You know, I'd say something watching a game, and then the announcer would just say, "It's like you just said that." I'm like, I know. I'm, I've been watching football for 40 years. I'm a smart guy. I get it. You know, it's. 
you know, when you're talking about this, that's what, you know, Nick, we talk about sometimes. I don't get into the minutia, you know, the super intricate details, levels upon levels. It's because, you know, that's not necessarily always my audience. Our audience is more mainstream, kind of like you're talking yeah. to an, a television uh, broadcast. So, you know, yeah, it, this makes sense. Um, it makes sense to me anyway. Ryan and Pittman three and then and then Tua and and uh, Tyreek Hill a little bit lower. Definitely makes sense to me. So I like it. I like this guy. Who is he or she? Who is this person? Absolutely. Uh, I do like the minutia, but I like to see how the sausage is made. And that's mm-hmm. probably the the scientist. Oh, I love it. Heart. It's a good it's a good combination for us. I I, yeah. I love it because I, I, then I can ask you questions and learn where I don't have the patience to dig that deep into into certain things. I like to go. Uh, I like to go, um, you know, just on my instincts a lot. And Jeremy says, mm-hmm. Hi, I know I'm a smart guy. I, I know. Well, you know, I, I kind of sometimes I do dumb things. We all do. But, you know, I'm smarter than the average bear. Since we already hit Maximus, we might as well hit Yogi. I would say that I'm a more of a Kobe Bryant approach where uh, it's just a high volume and some of it shoots uh, or some of it sticks, you know, but most of it is just pure garbage. Um, but uh, we got Michael coming in, not garbage, uh, saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. Also, Dave Glassman in the house. Good to see you, Dave. I also saw a U.S. Dave saying morning suck. Hopefully uh, the mornings are a little bit more fun with us uh, us in here hanging out with you. Uh, we also got Dom in the house thinking, um, saying good morning nick and scott in broncos country nice to have you back nick we miss you buddy denver broncos for life yeah i know i'm uh i'm back i'm here uh as long as i don't you know lose my voice or something i'm gonna be here for the foreseeable future i can't think of another tuesday wednesday i won't be i'll miss a couple thursdays in august but other than that i'm gonna be here so uh you have you're stuck with me guys um, but good to <laughs> see you dom um also mike Givens in the house saying good morning nick and scott go broncos good to see you um, also Mark Schrader in the house saying good morning, guys. Good to see you, Mark. And, uh, Mark also saying the, uh, six guys on the ice didn't affect the goal. I mean, that's, if there were six guys on the ice, you know, who cares? I, that's what I'm saying. It still happened. Um, but you know, you'd be rule, though, you know, you'd be pissed yeah. off if the guy, you know, if there are 12 men on the field and that guy's running to the outside and it's, it's a flag, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it was a rule, it's a rule. Yep. Andrew says, uh, good morning with some stars. Kick it, breaking the ice on the stars. Ethan got us going on Super Chat uh, on YouTube. And Ethan breaking the ice on the stars. And Jetty Splash comes in with just a, a little bit of flattery. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm a sucker for flattery because I'm insecure. I might be smart, but I'm definitely insecure. I heard a comic one time talk about the, the mindset of the Californian where they're incredibly self-absorbed uh, but insecure. So he goes, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. <laughs> and uh 40 years scott you're lucky in your 30s i appreciate that appreciate that i am 49 so i've actually been watching football my first real memory of a game was the steelers ram super bowl um and then and then like from then like really starting watching football i remember 1980s so it's been 40 Mm. plus years that uh that i've been watching football Um, my first you know you you learn you learn a you learn a, a thing or two uh, being around it and stuff. So, and then, and then having the, the being blessed enough to work in sports and being able to talk to coaches and say, listen, instinctively, I know what looks right to me, but can you explain it to me? I don't know how to explain it to someone else. And I don't know why this quarterback's release bothers me, but it looks bad. Tell me. And they're like, okay, watch this. And they break it down for me. Like, okay, thank you. I get that. So I've been blessed to be around a lot of uh, people who are much more experienced and knowledgeable than me and been able to to learn from them as well. So, but appreciate the the compliment, Jetty. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Jetty. Uh, good to see you in here. Good morning to you. Also, I don't know if we saw Andrew already, but I uh, always like to say uh, hello to Andrew Lampy. That's a decently recent new profile picture there. So uh, good to see you. Also, Greg Smith is in the house. Good morning. Aloha to you, Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you. And here we go. Um, Watson and Cooper number four. Okay, I didn't think of that. Amari Cooper and Deshaun four. Watson. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put Watson on any list right now. Yeah, it's uh, kind of... Kind of gross. Kyler and Hollywood Brown five. That's that's one that I, I like a lot. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I do um, like that one too. That's a good receiver and that's a good quarterback. That's a combo, not necessarily yeah. just okay. Well, an okay quarterback's throwing to a very dynamic guy, but you know, yeah, here's how it goes. Absolutely. And Vinny J coming in saying, "So tired of hearing about Judy. I want to see him catch touchdowns and shut his mouth." Well, the the unfortunate part of it is is that we're in the off season, uh, so anything that is new content. We are going to latch on to and dissect because it is new content. Um, so right now it is Judy. I don't feel like he talks that much. Honestly, you do see him like tweet sometimes, but I don't really think he's talking that much. I do want to see him catch some touchdowns, uh, but that's not entirely his issue. You know, you can't, he can't throw the ball to himself. He can't design the offense for himself. So hopefully this year will be good. And we'll get into that here pretty soon with the PFF ranking the 10 best year three breakout candidates. Um, sunny days in the house as well with all the hearts. Good to see you. Sunny days. Hope you're doing well. Um, we also got Toyin. Good morning, afternoon, all good to see you. Um, also I saw Clee, Clee to the T's in the house. Awesome to see you. Clee Travis in the house. Good morning, Nick Scott in Broncos country. Awesome to see you, Travis. Uh, Aloha <laughs> or hang loose. Scott does there. And uh, EJ coming in saying Judy could improve this, his game by becoming a better run blocker and breaking tackles, getting stronger and more physical. Uh, what do you think about this, Scott? Is this even something that's possibly in Judy's wheelhouse? And I think the run blocking in general, or just the blocking, let's call it blocking, um, could be better. But as far as breaking tackles, getting stronger and more physical, this, he's pretty slender in his lower half. Yeah, that's, I mean, you can always get stronger and you can be wiry strong. Uh, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not his game. You know, that's that's not his game. I was thinking, you know, doing comps in my head about some players. And I started thinking about Randall Cunningham. And I don't know how many of y'all were old enough to watch Randall Cunningham play, but Randall Cunningham was just smooth as silk. You know, he was, and he was long lean, looked like a, like a, one, like a possession receiver, like a rare, a really graceful receiver out there playing the quarterback position. Everything he did was smooth. Would he have benefited by bulking up and putting on extra pounds and muscle weight? Probably not. Um, could Judy get stronger? Sure. Sure. He could, but he's, he could benefit. Yes, this statement is true. You can benefit by becoming a better run blocker and getting stronger and more physical. Absolutely. You know, that's why these guys train all the time. That's never going to be his game. He's not, that's not going to be what makes him who he is. He can, he can become significantly better by being more disciplined in his routes, being on target with his assignments. Uh, and I'm not going to say he could be better by, you know, giving everything he's got on every down. Cause I don't know that he doesn't, but that's one of the things he needs to do. We've talked about, you can tell some players if they're in the, in the pattern or not based on how they break the huddle, yeah. you know, does Jerry Judy, is he one of those guys that gives it all on every single snap? I don't know that. I'm not saying he doesn't, but again, just becoming that professional from what I've seen, from what I've gleaned, from what I've listened to, it seems like he lacks that a little bit in in his game so far in his first two years with the Denver Broncos and that comes with maturity it really does Roddy White was the one of the best examples of that you know he was a all pro receiver for the Atlanta Falcons I think Joe Horn played against him one time and Joe Horn was with the Saints and Joe 
after it was like the last game of the season, he came out of here. He and I'll always respect Joe Horn for this. Joe Horn went to Roddy White after the game. He says, I'm, I'm a free agent. I'm coming here. I'm going to teach you how to play this game. And and he did. And Roddy White was a, was awesome. I see that would be a good comp for me with, with Jerry Judy and the maturation. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's better this season. Big one for me uh, highlighted here is the run blocker. Based on what the Packers uh, did last year, using that slot wide receiver as almost essentially a big tight end, a move piece that was very important for uh, the outside zone run scheme and the RPOs. If Judy's going to be playing that slot position, he's going to have to show better want and ability as a run blocker. And does he have that in him? Um, we'll find out, I guess. Um, I But I think, obviously, he's going to have a much better season this year as long as he can stay healthy, just because the offense is going to be more dynamic. The quarterback's going to be more dynamic. And let's not take, let's not make it a, all about the surrounding the stuff surrounding him. Year three should be better for him and he should be healthy. Um, the high ankle sprain last year. I can't, we can't say that enough. Um, that really, especially for a receiver who's very dependent on quick twitch and separation, uh, that high ankle sprain makes it so you can't plant off and uh, put as much force uh, going one direction. I believe it was his right ankle. Um, so hopefully that'll be fully healed up and he'll be healthy throughout the season and uh, can be the number one breakout candidate for a year three player. See Patrick Havner coming in here. With the stars. Thank you so much, C. Patrick. Hope really you're doing well. Good morning to you. Um, we also got Brad D. in the house saying good morning from Big Sky. God, uh, Scott, it's a very long state, but driving through Montana, absolutely gorgeous. Um, man, it's, uh, need to get I told back. you the joke I heard from another comedian. Now I'm going back about, you know, speeding in Montana. He got pulled over and it was like, that, that's, that'll be $5 payable on site. He's like, $5? Here's a 20. I'm speeding through your whole damn state. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I, Montana is one of the few states I haven't been through that stretch in the very middle of the country, Montana or the Dakotas. I've hit just about everywhere else in this beautiful country of ours. Man, uh, Montana from uh, Billings on through at, on 90. Gorgeous. A lot of mountains. Still kind of freaky to see how high the uh, Yellowstone River was. That's a big bummer seeing all the signs with Yellowstone, all entrances closed. But uh, you know. <laughs> just go around. It's just a little detour. <laughs> God, yeah. Just avoid the super volcano. It'll all be fine. Kayleon in the house. Good to see you, Kayleon. Also, Bama X is in the house. Awesome to see you, Bama X. And Mark, Mark Schrader coming with the huge stars. Appreciate oh, you yeah. both. Mark, we appreciate you, you know, for, for sure. We appreciate everybody. We appreciate Mark, and we appreciate you sharing with us and letting us know a little bit about yourself. And if we can do anything to help, you know, uh, the Broncos family. You know, mm -hmm. we call it Broncos country, but this is the MHH family. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be part of it and proud you're here, too. Yeah, absolutely. And EJ coming in saying Judy lacks maturity and needs to become more of a team guy instead of a me guy. He needs to lose the diva attitude. Uh, diva attitude is okay with me as long as he is producing on the field and not committing, you know, crimes. Um, that's there, there is a, a level, but, uh, you guys want to talk about, you know, the diva attitude me first. He was really good at the social media game. Um, but pretty notoriously Emmanuel Sanders was prickly and, uh, not the, most enjoyable person, um, best person. And it uh, didn't really matter because he was producing on the field and uh, Broncos were winning. So um, Judy doesn't have to become even a team guy or anything. Antonio Brown, not a team guy. Uh, a lot of wide receivers that have been great, not team guys. If you are winning and they are producing and not being distractions to the point of, you know, impacting the game or the team, uh, then I don't have really an issue with it. You know, I'm not expecting every single person to come in and be the militaristic, you know, cookie cutter uh, personality. No, I, I think that really took a turn where, you know, the quarterbacks used to be the divas, the prima donnas, and it seemed like that took a turn to the wide receiver position with the 
Keyshawn Johnson, Terrell Owens time mm -hmm. right about then. That's been a few years. It's been a while where, you know, the diva position now, I mean, they call them divas. The wide receivers are divas. I don't, yeah. you, you're not going to get that out of them. And if it's part of the game and part of the swagger of makes him, he's a little undersized, you know, so he needs to have a little bit of that extra little man syndrome in him that's helped make him who he is. I don't mind it, but produce, yeah. you got to, you got to back it up. It's okay to be a diva, but you better be a, a good one. You know, Deshaun Jackson, one of the biggest divas I've ever seen. Kid could play. He, he could play. Yeah, absolutely. And Vinny coming in here. The, this is kind of a topic that we were talking about before the show um, with the 2020 redraft, and it's all about Judy. But he's saying, think we could have had Justin Jefferson and Josh Allen. I mean, if you did that and every team knew what every player was going to be, um, you end up with, who did PFF have the Broncos going 15 overall for uh, in that draft? Tua. I thought it was Jalen Hurts. You're right. I'm sorry. It was. Okay. It was Jalen Hurts. Yes, it was Jalen Hurts. Yep. Um, so, uh, and Justin Jefferson, I think, went number three. And Tristan Wirfs, the guy that I wanted in that draft really badly, not just because Iowa. He's a freak and a good guy, and I met him a few times. Um, but uh, um, they had the Broncos going uh, Jalen Hurts at 15. So it's it's hard. Um, you can do this every time. You know, it's captain hindsight, but it's general manager hindsight. Yeah, and I we'll, we'll remember, you know, we'll remember when we talked about uh, – you know what we can look through the draft and say okay this is who they drafted this is who i wanted and it'll only be two or three names we're not going to yeah. go back into the seventh round and say this guy was a stud oh we could have had that guy well he got passed over 200 times by then that that is yeah. i think i think nick just said captain hindsight you know abraham lucas was my guy travis jones was my guy Kristen watson those are my guys you know i'll, I'll keep an eye on on them and, you know, when we say, okay, did we reach a little bit on this spot? Who else did you like in this spot? There, we'll, when we grade in hindsight this, these drafts, we'll only name a couple guys because yeah. you, you can't do it that way and say, oh, well, Tom Brady, you know, I've said with a small enough sample size, you know, you could build a super team, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, but that said, Nick, Josh Allen was a legitimate candidate in that yeah. spot. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'll be fully transparent. I swung too hard in the pendulum of Paxton Lynch and uh, the big, small school armed, you know, not the Tool quickest with his decisions, uh, inaccurate quarterback um, scared me. I didn't take enough into account of the heart. And that's something from where we sit. It's a uh, it's hard to it's hard to get all that information. Um, but uh, yeah, nope. that's uh, that's one reason I was so big on like Trey Lance or all these other tools, quarterbacks, you know, if you're going to swing on a quarterback, you better fricking swing because hitting a single at the quarterback possession does you nothing. Um, so uh, you want to swing big wide horning coming in saying good morning, gents been a while since I've been able to catch a live show. Good to see you wide. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, glad to see you too this morning. We're glad to see you. Um, also wanted to highlight this again um, from uh, Greg saying awesome stars, Mark Schrader. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you. Uh, so let's get into this uh, pro football focus has Jerry Judy as the number one third-year breakout candidate in the entire NFL. Um, so um, they lead it off here with, uh, while year two is often associated with the biggest sleep in NFL performance over the course of rookie deals, year three is a close second. Just ask the likes of Debo Samuel, Jonah Williams, Max Crosby, and Rashawn Gary last season. All had phenomenal seasons. Uh, with the tape, PFF grading, and PFF data pace at my uh, disposal from Mike Renner, I tried to identify 10 such candidates for 2022. 2022. I tried to avoid any players who have legitimately broken out already, even if the media narrative maybe has not quite caught up. Andrew Thomas, uh, offensive tackle from the Giants. Here are my 10 biggest breakout candidates from the 2022 or 2020 draft class. Number one being 
Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Denver Broncos. And he says that uh, Judy has been on the precipice of a breakout for seemingly his entire career between the quarterback play in Denver and a, lit a litany of injuries. We still haven't gotten to see Judy make the leap with Russell Wilson now throwing him the ball. That looks primed to change. Even without Wilson last year and dealing with an ankle injury for most of the season, Judy still averaged 1.85 yards per route, a figure better than five different 1,000-yard receivers in 2021. His skill set and route running ability are very similar to the man who caught more passes from Wilson than anyone else, Doug Baldwin. Ooh, that's a good point. Uh, after lining up primarily on the outside as a rookie, Judy went back to his college roots in the slot in 2021, where Baldwin also, also primarily operated over the course of his career. That's a role Wilson is obviously very comfortable pumping targets towards and uh, has a nice link of uh, Judy running a sick route. So hopefully more sick routes this season from Jerry Judy. But uh, Jerry Judy, number one year three breakout candidate, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. What do you think? You're muted. Muted. I'm muted because I was asking you to uh, hey, send me that link. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it on their site. Google found mm -hmm. it. Isn't it amazing how you have to use Google to search other people's websites? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I found it. I don't know the rest of the league to say, okay, well, keep an eye on you know this third year guy with uh, you know the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, should he be the number one? What I do know, and I, I've said it all along. We said it yesterday, Nick. That. Um, when we were talking about disappointing players, who could be disappointing? Well, disappointment is relative to expectations. Jerry Judy, to me, could be a disappointing player this year because I do have high expectations for him because mm -hmm. I do expect him to take that leap. Where he was 800 yards or so as a rookie, battled injuries and team turmoil last year, but now he's coming in with a very creative, fun offensive coordinator that's going to want to play to his strengths. You've got a quarterback who can improvise and pump the ball downfield, who uh, can throw on the run, and Judy's lateral movement is going to make him option number one when plays break down, in my opinion. If he's on the field, he's going to be option number one when plays break down. Uh, his route running inside, moving back into the slot where it's a little easier to get open, yeah, I think he should be, he should be a... Even if he's in the 800 range, I think that was pretty close to where he was as a rookie, that... It should be 800 more impactful yards where he's moving the sticks, where he's scoring touchdowns, extending drives. Um, again, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mouse to feed on offense, but I think Jerry Judy will become a more impactful player for the Denver Broncos this year. Absolutely. Yeah, and what you're getting at there is one of my favorite uh, favorite words and things to discuss uh, when talking football. There's so many mouths to feed in Denver. Uh, as you mentioned, you talked about Judy being the number one option when plays break down. I think the running backs uh, might have something to say about that as well um, in this offense if we're trying to copy-paste what the Packers have done. Uh, but the the word we're looking for here with Judy is not just you know the, the bulk volume stats getting better. It's the efficiency. Uh, with so many mouths to feed and so many viable targets and options, even if Judy doesn't break 1,000 yards this year, you said each catch and reception and play could be uh, more impactful. So we're talking you know, better yards per attempt, yards per completion, uh, yards per route run, better efficiency when he is targeted. I think last year Judy had one of the worst uh, quarterback ratings when targeted. Now, granted, he had the, I think, number one at the same time, number one are the highest rate of least catchable targets, <laughs> which is... Those go hand in hand, folks, of course. Uh, there's a little bit of a, what's the word, correlation uh, between those two st statistics, no doubt. But 
Uh, hopefully this year, even if Judy doesn't break a thousand yards, it's going to be much more efficient, much more impactful and uh, making a bigger impact on the game. And we kind of talked about this. I don't think it was on this show. It might've been with uh, uh, Carl on building the Broncos, but a lot of this is going to come down to just how good Justin Outen and Nathaniel Hackett are in the week to week game plans. Um, when you have a lot of weapons, um, sometimes that is a good thing, obviously. Um, but the, the, the College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. The onus then shifts to the quarterback being able to identify the matchups and the offensive game planners in the process of leading up to the game, identifying the matchups and targeting those week to week. It can't just be, you know, we have Calvin Johnson. I'm going to spam the square button like on a PlayStation and we're just going to run nine routes the whole game and toss it up to Calvin Johnson. No, but you have to be able to pick apart what the opposing team is weak at uh, or a specific type of route or coverage that they like to run that, you know, you have a breaker for and, um, target that and then when they you know make a, an adjustment at halftime you already have you know we think you're going to do that and we're going to move to this so um a lot of what judy could do this season and all the weapons it's going to be very dependent on the the ability of the game planners to work in and identify the weaknesses of opposing teams that they can take advantage of and, and like you said for the quarterback to keep everybody involved you know to yeah. keep everybody again if if it's like man you know you're calling this route like man i'm not getting the ball again that shows that starts showing in body language and it shows over the course of the season so keep everybody involved keep everybody enthused and i think there's going to be again enough plays uh we'll have to i've said this i'll have to like write it down somewhere um, just so we remember it and come back to it and see if I was right. But I think there should be between 20 and 25% more offensive plays this year mm -hmm. in, in that neighborhood this year. So that should be more targets for everybody. That should be more involvement. It should be, okay, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines on offense while our defense gives up another 11-minute drive. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody should be more involved. And that, again, that will be a byproduct of the team itself. But then, like you said, then it comes down to the quarterback to make sure that the ball is getting spread around, not evenly, not evenly. This isn't, you know, I, I need my fair share. This is, you know, just it, enough to keep everybody involved. But Judy is good enough that he should be a, 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 a an option on every route. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, talking a little bit more about Judy um, in this offense, something that I think should help him a lot. Uh, it's not only just obviously having a quarterback here, but the last year the Broncos had, and this is all stuff, I guess you guys can go back and try to verify. This is stuff that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, last year, the Broncos had the faced the highest rate of stacked boxes mm -hmm. in the entire NFL, uh, seven plus guys in the box. You've um, said that enough. I believe it. It's a fact now. Yeah. I, again, there's <laughs> things that i like, I don't have the data right in front of me, but I've read it. So that I think it's pretty high up there. And I think it was actually higher with uh true lock wow. than mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, which is kind of funny given the narrative of, uh, you know, Teddy's arm is so weak that they pack the box. I digress. Um, Jerry Judy is a middle of the field operator has been historically. We, um, we saw that Mike Renner mentioned that as well, moving from the Z to the slot um, from his rookie to his sophomore season. And this season with Russell Wilson, you should see even lighter boxes. And that to me says that there's more room in the middle of the field and more space uh, for Judy to operate. And where Judy gets really tripped up in my opinion, and I saw somebody mention it in the comments here is that when 
people play physical with him, he can get knocked off his routes. And that's part of the finesse style of the game. It's part of his frame. Uh, but if he has a clean break and space to operate, that dude is moves different. Um, something, you know, you look at his knees, it's like, Oh my God, that's going to pop. Cause there's no way he should be able to move like that. Knock on wood on that one. But, uh, with more space, uh, theoretically, in the middle of the field, uh, Judy should have more free releases, less contact and garbage that he's going to have to filter through and therefore be more impactful. The big caveat will be how much is Russell Wilson going to use the middle of the field? Hasn't done so as much since Doug Baldwin's been gone. Um, but uh, again, in theory, it all does point to Jerry Judy having a much better situation and year this year the more we peel back the uh, peel away this onion. Now you're you're talking about you know his flexibility and how he just moves different uh, differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in, the injury he had that should have been a season ender for ninety nine percent of the league. I mean uh, it was it was cringeworthy watching mm-hmm. that. You know he's out for a while. It affected him. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it could have been even it could have been even a lot worse. And you know how you get guys off press coverage? Put them in motion. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy is used to being in motion, <laughs> except it's, you know, the fake jet sweep, but that's, you, you can put him in motion. You can move him all around. You can drop him off the line of scrimmage. You can do a lot of things to get him off press and he'll get better. That's again, mm-hmm. talk about being a little bit more physical. That was uh, I think that was EJ's comment. How can you be mm-hmm. more physical and you can be stronger? You can do all of those things without putting on 20 pounds of muscle. You know, I can, yeah. I can get more physical and stronger in order to deal with press coverage. Um, but you can help scheme your way around that a little bit too, with, uh, you know, keeping in motion, dropping off the line, um, doing a bunch of different things, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a weapon. I think his lateral quickness is, I don't think this is a bold statement is the the best on of the wide receiver core. Maybe KJ Hamler. KJ's a straight line guy for me. Oh, he's so, he's so twitchy though. I mean, his he was a gadget guy at Penn State, and they'd get him the ball in space, and he would you know Tavon Austin his way uh, to touchdowns. So it's I would argue KJ's close, but it's a little it's different because okay. KJ is short to the ground. <laughs> I'll I'll check it. It just see yeah. it, it, my my like, like I said, my instincts tell me that that Judy is that guy who has a little bit better lateral quickness, and and KJ's a straight line guy, but definitely willing to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about this, you know, t- we keep talking about too many mouths to feed, um, not too many, but a lot of mouths to feed on the offense. And I'm going to honestly, honest to God, given what I've heard and what I've seen so far, you might even want to categorize Albert Okwebenam as much as a wide receiver as a tight end, given it seems like he's playing a lot of that detached uh, tight end position, the uh, the F uh, if for the scheme heads at home. Um, and that to me says that if Judy, listen, like we, your first round pick, but this coaching staff the front office is not loyal to you and if you are not doing what we want you to do uh from a snap to snap basis doing your job even when the ball's not going to you guess what we have other guys that we can go to so hopefully judy uh feels a little bit of fire on his button again coming back to kj hamler if kj hamler's healthy maybe they're looking for somebody who's a little bit more dynamic vertically uh that can change the it's like a three-point shooter you know kyle corver uh, out there not the best defender but when he's out there you have to play your spacing different uh differently on defense because he is that good of an automatic three-point shooter maybe they want to go with a kj hamler more if judy's not bringing the blocking or physicality that they want from the slot position so uh hopefully judy understands that um you know just because he was a first round pick and went to alabama um there's a lot of talented options on this team that if he's not, you know, doing what they want him to do, he's not going to get snaps. Competition makes them all better. Yep. You know, it, it, it just, it makes them all better. And uh, 
again, with two years left on his contract, you know, he can't afford to just sit around and, and, and sulk or else he'll be sitting a long time, uh, you know, or get moved for sure. So yeah. again, uh, but you know, going back to the, the topic question, you know, does it make sense to have him number one breakout candidate? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, Sutton, I think he should, he showed the ability to be a legit number one pro bowl receiver. Uh, then he got hurt and then we, the league forgot about him. Tim yeah. Patrick's Mr. Steady, you know, could be a thousand yard guy for anybody else as a one or a two. And then Jerry Judy's your, your dynamics. So ready yeah. to show everybody why he was drafted so highly to begin with. So yes, I, uh, I agree. I agree with, uh, putting him in the, the discussion for sure. And I know we've said this before, but, uh, this is probably the biggest, obviously, but this is probably the biggest season for Jerry Judy to date uh, for his future earnings. Um, you have corrected the variable of the quarterback position about as much as he possibly could this offseason, and he's entering year three, where after the season, he will be eligible for a contract extension. Obviously, the Broncos don't have to do that, but he would be eligible. Uh, so that changes things a tad. And, uh, God, um, if he Next wants to see... still his biggest year, it, it only takes one season, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but if he get, let's say he has a really good year in mm -hmm. 2022 and then gets injured in 2023 and is an right. issue off the field, you know, that could crumble things uh, a tad, but I mean, we're seeing it with uh, Debo Samuel. Get big extension early, you know, exactly. for sure. Like you just said, you could get that big extension early, you know, wrap him up and we'll go, Hey, we want to extend you three years for 60, Jerry. What do you think? All right. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. That was a good team. Like my quarterback, my quarterback's got at least three more years. I like the situation here. Yep. So, and, and Bama X, well, I, I am listening here um, about, uh, you know, he Bama X is in here talking a lot about defending Jerry Judy to some of his detractors. And again, we're not one of his detractors as far as, you know, the, I don't mind the diva attitude if, if he's got it. I don't, I don't see it that much, but I don't, I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I see what he has to say when he comes up in press conferences or if he's doing interviews and, I don't see any problem, you know, and when he's out on the field, he seems to be playing his ass off to me. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think his teammates have, and, and what really matters to me, what do his teammates think about him? Yeah. Uh, Deion Sanders is one of the biggest divas to ever play the game. His teammates loved him, loved yeah. him. I'm like, all right, doesn't matter this showmanship. What I think out here, what do his teammates think? Yeah. So he seems to be a pretty good teammate too. Yeah, and uh, honestly, if the Broncos are going to be back this season, you need a few players uh, to be the heel, right? You need somebody to kind of be the uh, the bad boys, and maybe uh, Judy can lean into that. But Judy seems mostly pretty quiet, though. Yeah. Um, I do know that for the um, from some pretty good uh, sources on this one, there were some people in the front office and uh, the PR side of things that were a little bit irritated uh, with some of his uh, Twitter uh, shenanigans i guess we'll call it some more work yeah that's i mean god that's <laughs> true um we got benjamin flores we didn't have showing him here for a second but he says howdy gentlemen good morning i feel awful today hope you feel better uh but still made it to the gym at the crack of dawn go broncos <sighs> scott i've been debating on getting into the gym life as well i have a buddy out here who is a uh pretty hardcore power lifter but my issue is that i do so much of this that uh, i something's gonna have to there's only you know so many hours in the day and i do not want to give up my dog walks i absolutely love mm -hmm. my long dog walks and i feel like i'd be cutting into that if i started going to the gym more all right here's how i started not that i'm the picture of health by any measure um but how how the, the i've been around enough people to do it and i i can do have worked out in the past um start with something simple hmm. i can do 100 crunches a day it's two minutes two minutes of work there's no excuse for me not to do two minutes of work or 20 push-ups i can do 20 push-ups that's 30 seconds 
I have no excuse not to do 30 seconds a day. None. Zero. And then as you start doing that, it becomes easier and easier. You want to do more. And mm-hmm. then you start adding on and adding on. And incrementally, you start getting into it. Not, hey, I want to go do you know an hour of workout a day. No, no. Start small, but do it every day. As yeah. you get older, as time flies, if you do something every day, all of a sudden you've been doing it for six months. You're like, damn, I've been yeah. doing 25 push-ups a day for six months. You know, it's just whatever. Add to it a little bit. So just get started. The hardest part's getting started. Do something easy, attainable, and no excuses. 25 push-ups a day is a minute's worth of work. Everybody has a minute. Well, now I feel that's like my advice because I should have done, I should be doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I walk the dog three to five miles a day, um, which has been pretty good, but, uh, you know, I would like to start, you know, I'm, I'm broad chested, but I'm, I'm a, not to be a total nerd here. I was a musician, uh, more than an athlete in high school and college. It paid for a good bit of college. So I'm not, I don't feel any regrets there. Um, but, uh, might as well start getting into that a little bit and, uh, maybe I can carry more weight up mountains and stuff and start getting into that mountaineering life. Uh, but we got Mark coming in saying, be safe today. All as Nick always says, choose kindness. Absolutely. want to choose kindness. And, uh, Dave Glassman coming in with the stars, I believe, or just a good question. Um, can't always see that on my end, but he says, uh, here's a fun hypothetical. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Assuming Russ throws for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Uh, how would this be dispersed? Uh, what do you think? Uh, here, Scott, I'm going to kick it to you first since you pulled it up. If I go, and, and Dave, thanks for the stars. You know, I'm thinking it wouldn't be crazy to say 800 yards for three receivers, mm-hmm. right? And there's 2,400. If I get 500 from a tight end, you know, all these seem low. But it, it, again, it's like, oh, you know, how good are they going to be if we don't have a 1,000-yard receiver? I could end up with three 800-yard receivers, um, you know, and 24 touchdowns apiece. I mean, combined, mm-hmm. 808. I could end up with something like that. I get 500 out of my out of my tight ends. Where does that put me? 24, 2900. I could get 400 each. You know, 400 to 600 for my running backs. I'm at 3500, and then spread another 500 across five different receivers. I'm at 4000. So I think it's going to be somebody will take the lead. You know, whether it's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. I think those are the those are my top two candidates more so than Tim Patrick. Um, but. I could see it being very, very balanced. I really can. Uh, my issue here isn't the yardage, it's the touchdowns. Uh, we need to pump those numbers up. 30 touchdowns isn't doing enough for me. Um, and we, this is leading into a comment here from Wyatt. Good to see you, Wyatt, saying, I see the tight ends being used more in the red zone uh, due to size and use more of blocking outside of the red zone to give Judy the space over the middle. With Russell Wilson's height um, and also just the – it's the physics it's space. Um, when the closer you get to the goal line, uh, the less space you have to, uh, operate because the goal line is essential or the back of the end zone is essentially a, another defender. Um, I can see the Broncos leaning a bit into the running game more in the red zone than people are thinking. So maybe 30 touchdowns isn't uh, crazy. And also something that, uh, Broncos fans probably do remember, but, uh, when the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon, uh, from the chargers, three off seasons ago. Now, one of the big things with Melvin Gordon was that he was, I think the literal most efficient and best red zone running back in football, as far as touches converting to touchdowns. He's and he's still pretty see- good at it. Yes. And he so had, is Javante Williams. Had eight last year. So that's, that's what I'm thinking on this too, Nick, is you had 12 touchdowns combined out of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Could you double that? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. you could see him operate in the uh, the pass game as well. I mean, you could, you, it, if you were to say, okay, we're going to get 24 touchdowns out of our rushing game, does that sound unreasonable? Not no, to it me, doesn't. it doesn't. No. No, again, 
you're going to score significantly more points. You're going to have significantly more touches. You're going to have significantly more yards. You're going to have significantly more opportunities. So yep. if you go, you know, 30 touchdowns passing possible, you know, maybe Okawebenam isn't as big of a threat in the red zone. But again, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and your your quarterback is, is, is pretty mobile too. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, finally, our final topic we wanted to get into here from uh, Zebulon saying my expectations are sky high for Sutton. This is the and it's a good problem to have. There are good problems and bad problems. It's a good problem. But one reason that maybe Jerry G doesn't break out this year is because the Broncos just have too many quality guys uh, to throw the football to. So like I'd like to talk about, uh, you don't have to spam the X button to the same wide receiver over and over again. Uh, something that, uh, you know, that's kind of what the Packers offense was last year with uh, Devonta Adams. Different kind of issue here. Uh, and talking about Sutton, I saw that uh, Pro Football Focus also had another article recently ranking the best 32 contracts in the entire NFL with Cortland Sutton coming in as the number four best deal in the entire NFL. So a uh, shout out to uh, George Payton for getting this one done. That, that sound you heard was Sutton just firing his agent. God, yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> coming off the ACL, et cetera, it's great. et cetera. list you want to be on as a player. Damn it, man. Yeah. I'm a bargain. What's yep. out with you? Yeah. And uh, the guys above him are uh, number one is Jordan Maialata for the Philadelphia Eagles, Mike Evans, wide receiver for the Buccaneers, and Darren Waller, uh, tight end for uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, I've tweeted multiple times towards Darren Waller saying, hey, man, your contract is BS. You should probably hold out. <laughs> Fingers crossed on that because it is. It's ridiculous. It's how cheap he is. Um, his contract is, uh, what is it? I have it right here. Um, four years, $29 million. He's not even getting $10 million a year. It's, that's crazy uh he's not he's not even making 10 million a year god some toss me some i'll be your agent darren waller but anyway uh tim uh excuse me Cortland son number four best deal in the entire nfl four years 60 million um and uh what's written here is a uh, new denver broncos general manager george payton got right to work inking his club's most important contributors to long-term deals in 2021 none more aptly timed than wide receiver sutton's four year 60 million extension 12 wide receivers have signed multi-year extensions for more than 15 million per year since then. Wow. 12 and several more could do so before week one of the 22 2022 season kicks off. Sutton was coming off a breakout breakout sophomore season in 2019 in which his 80.5 receiving grade ranked 13th amongst wide receivers and his 28 explosive receptions of 15 plus yards ranked 10th again with substandard quarterback play uh, torn ACL suffered in week two of the 2020 seasons derailed a promising ascension, but Sutton regained his form right away in 2021. I would even argue he did not gain his form right away, but I, I digress. Um, well, with you a know, nine... that's what I was just looking up, Nick, cause I was surprised. Yeah. So he had, he had 776 yards. Okay. Yeah. And let me see in the first six games, he had almost 500 of that. He, the week two game was, uh, he had like yeah, 150 yards. But it wasn't yards. just the week two because he started off, it goes, I was just looking at his game logs because I was going to say, okay, he should have finished stronger coming off an injury, but he really started stronger. It was 14, uh, 159, 37, 47, 120, 94. After that 94 yards against the Raiders, his highest total was 68 after that. So, Part of that is the opposition that you're facing. They beat up on some bad teams early, and then Teddy's lack of arm strength coming down the line. You know, as you as you face better opponents, hurts an outside receiver um, more so than the slot guys. But what that tells me is, I think he's you know, he's really ready to break out now with a, with a yeah. guy that's going to stretch. He's 
shouldn't have any questions about him being healthy. Let's get him back to those 1200 numbers, you know, with, uh, with more efficiency when, you know, Drew Locke had an arm that could get, could take advantage of an outside receiver a little bit better. Um, well, we know Russell Wilson can do that. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I'm buying all, uh, the Cortland Sutton stock for this season. Um, but they, uh, finish up the article here saying, uh, he ultimately dropped just one of 95 targets on the year and his downfield contested catchability should be a Mary beautifully with new quarterback, Russell Wilson. So uh, really excited to see uh, what Cortland Sutton can do this season. Um, he's the guy I'm buying a lot of uh, stock in, and I expect him to be the Broncos number one wide receiver as long as he's healthy. But uh, there's some other guys that should give him some good competition, which is great mm-hmm. for Denver. Um, honestly, the biggest question uh, for Cortland Sutton is going to be, can the offensive line uh, hold on long enough to let him get down the field to make those explosive pass plays? And can the Broncos do enough with the run game and the quick pass game where they can create or make the uh, opposing defense play more cover one or cover three looks where there are better opportunities vertically down the field. Um, We'll see. Uh, We got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in saying still waking up, but I'm here. Same Gary. Um, But Hey, Nick and Scott go Broncos. Let's ride. Good to see a GLP. I hope you're doing well. And a final comment coming in here um, before we start to get out, unless there's any super chats that come in Uh, Bama X saying, uh, uh, if duty was more physical, he could easily play the Cooper cup role. The reason why teams have a hard time keying in on cup is because the Rams will actually line him up as an off the hip tight end and have him block. Um, instead of making it obvious with their star wide receiver, it's hard to key in when you have weapons like that, they'll actually have to go out there and get their hands dirty. Judy's not that, um, that's the big thing. And that's something we talked about as well. And that's something that the Broncos have hinted at as well. Uh, they say that they have a lot of different offensive players have hinted at this. They have a lot of plays that look similar pre-snap. And that to me says that, that this should line up similar to the Rams. They have a bleep ton of plays that all look similar. Um, and a big reason they can do that is because Cooper cup functions as a Z as a slot, as a F um, and cause he's incredible blocking and getting open from that spot. And because of what he can do from the slot, a lot changes. It's one of the reasons that I was, uh, the more I thought about it, I was actually pretty okay with uh, Drake London um, because his ability from the slot, he can do everything there and you can actually, run efficiently out of 11 personnel where if a team's playing dime you're gonna kill them i I don't think you have that with judy the key to the slot is the elite hands because Mm. you you drop guys into the slot because it's easier to get them open there you know you just said it there's more things you can do to get them open uh you know when it's it's almost like you know using a basketball reference you know if if a shooter's struggling let's get him a couple layups let's get him a couple easy looks and heat them up you do that with wide receivers too again i mentioned this before you move guys inside you don't typically move them outside um, Jerry Rice was great in the slot. Jerry Rice was great everywhere, but having those elite hands is one of the most important traits in the slot. Cause you can get open, but the ball's going to be coming hot. It's going to be coming in a hurry. Cooper cup's got that, you know, does, is, is Jerry Judy. Will Jerry Judy be that guy too? It'll be fun to find out this year for sure. Yeah. It will be a lot of fun to find out this year. And God, I'm, I'm so excited for the season. I'm going to enjoy Summer first, don't get me wrong, uh, but this should be a lot more uh, enjoyable season with uh, the stakes that much higher. Uh, we got Lawrence coming in saying, I think the Broncos need to play single back. If they don't, I don't see them using our players to their potential. So he's talking about uh, 11 personnel, uh, 12 personnel, 13, or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, or we'll 10. Back most of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Broncos... I don't see them using a fullback very often. You might have some. I haven't seen too many pro sets or I formations in a a while. Um, You might drop an H back in there with a tight end. Dulcich might drop back in there every so often, but it'll, it'll be single back most of the time. hundred percent. 
hundred percent. Um, all right. Well, uh, we also got the DWI guys coming in saying great show. Jensen Broncos country. Have a great weekend. Final question. Where did Adams line up predominantly in Hackett's offense? Broncos were Bron- uh, Broncos were breakfast, the closer. Uh, he lined up in the slot and the, the boundary a good bit, mostly on the boundary though, but they moved Adams around. They pretty much, it's like they had one superstar basketball player and everything was oriented around getting him open. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was the, the big one there. They moved him around, but mostly on the boundary. Yeah, I think they, I might, Again, I would think they moved him around a ton and, and saw him inside just because of his size. He's not a, a, a bigger guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he doesn't strike me as a 6'3 guy. It's just been a while. I'm already flushing stuff and thinking about next year. But he's not all that big, is he, Nick? No, he's not very big. 6'1", 215. I mean, he's about I average. I thought then. Okay. Yeah. He is. I, I had him in my mind as like a 5'11 guy or 5'10. So he's, he's plenty big then. Yeah, he's not like a twin tower esque, you know, no, but he's definitely receiver. big enough. Yeah. And the two fifteen, yeah. honestly, it's the weight. That's the big one yeah. for me. Two fifteen is good size. Um, last year specifically, he had uh, 655 snaps out wide and 282 in the slot. So okay. uh, mostly um, out wide, but that's, you know, to be expected. Yeah. And he's a, he's a legit number one for sure. Yeah. And again, for some reason I, I pictured him as more of a, not Tyreek Hill cause Tyreek Hill small, but like a five ten running back type. Honestly, I don't know why. So, um, that's how he, he is in my head. So six, one, two He's plenty big. He's plenty big to play wherever, wherever you need him. So, uh, good question, Ethan. Thanks for closing us out today. Yeah, we appreciate you. And his, uh, his height and weight, he's a 48th percentile for height according to mock draftable big and enough. 75th, 75th for the weight. So he, he's yeah. a decently thick boy. And that was, uh, six, one, two, 12, what he weighed at the combine. So, uh, yeah, I like those wide receivers that have a little bit of uh, meat in their Earth, bones. Little yeah. Earth. yeah, I like my I, – there's one reason I was obsessed with Debo Samuel when he came out. Loved him. Uh, I know the Broncos took a wide receiver the year prior. Yeah, they used Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton the year prior, but uh, really loved Debo Samuel. So love those kind of wide receivers. We love you guys. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to be back here, Scott. Um, thank you for holding down the fort uh, Tuesday and Wednesday while I was gone. I'm starting to feel a little bit better uh, with my sleep. Um, so, uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate you guys a lot. Make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at, uh, BT BFB B4B. It's, it doesn't Just have it on here. For some reason it's DVDD pod right there. Um, <laughs> Chad goes away. For, we created those. It's not that hard. I'll add one so you can find it. I honest to God do not understand how, uh, Sometimes it's different show to show when it's just the same stream or link. I, I don't know. Either way, follow us, follow us at mile high huddle. That one stays the same. Also make sure you're joining us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And please like subscribe and share. If you have not done so yet, uh, you guys are great. Hopefully the next time we see you, the abs will be hosting the Stanley cup. Um, I'm not the biggest, uh, frozen stickball fan in the world, but I like it when you guys are happy. And I also like it when, um, the stakes and the, the demands and expectations are risen in Denver because that means the Broncos are going to have to, you know, the, oh, championship mindset. All right, bet. Let's go. Well, and you know what? Having watched my share of seven game series, if you put a three one up with an overtime kill shot to go up three to one, mm-hmm. yep. it's over, dude. Curtains. Polish the cup. It's over. You had a Absolutely. series on you if you'd lost that game at three to one. They're spent. They're done. Done. Abs are winning the cup. 
You guys heard us here. Scott guaranteed. If not, he's donating to a charity of your choice. No, okay. Um, But uh, we appreciate you guys. We will see you again on Tuesday morning for another episode. Uh, you guys have an excellent weekend. Hopefully the weather is nice where you are and you get a chance to get outside. Uh, we appreciate you. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.